Yo, 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 what's good, my friends? I promise I will not do that Mark Ryan voice again. I did it for you. You, the good folks at the Fan Up State. It's Carlos Ortiz. That's Carlos with a K filling in for Mark Ryan. Mark is on holiday, but alongside me, as always, is Diesel. And we don't take a holiday because we are here for you. I appreciate you spending a couple of minutes with us, spending the entire show with us, whatever part of your day. Whether you're home, in your car, wherever you are, listening, appreciate you every second that you give us. You can take us anywhere that you want by downloading the free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. You search the fan update, boom, you get wall-to-wall content. Uh, had to get into this Frank Reich firing here from the Panthers. Listen, I don't disagree with the decision, but I disagree with Tepper's his expectations overall. Now, my tease coming into this break was that asking all of you, is David Tepper the worst owner in sports? I'm not going to go that far. But he is damn sure right now the worst owner in football. Here is the coaching history under David Tepper. Ron Rivera was the incumbent, decided to make a change, and nobody's going to fault him for that. But, you know, Rivera, to his credit, won NFC Championship. Uh, he had a Super Bowl appearance in 2015. Three division titles, 2013, 14, 15, went to the playoffs four times. Uh, he was an AP Coach of the Year. So Rivera had his accolades. Obviously, the message was growing stale. A lot of injuries toward the end of his tenure. But the team wasn't performing up to snuff. So he decided to make the change because – New ownership, you, te- you want to be able to put your stamp on things. I get it. You know, football teams, you know, we live and die with our teams, but these are toys to some of these owners. You know, that's all it is. There's only 32 toys. Cash cows. And, te- and Tepper gets one. He gets to play with how he sees fit. Cash cows. You know. Here's the coaching search. Here's the coaching, uh, rather, regimes under Tepper after Rivera. You have Perry Fuel for four games. 0-4, oh, no no doubt about finding somebody there. That wasn't going to be your guy. You decided to take the big swinging at the the hot name, like the we got to get this upstart college guy. Like this is going to, you know, change the game. Like the, the new Chip Kelly. Like I, I see it all the time with these college coaches that make the jump into the pros. That was Matt Rule. Overall record when he was let go. 11 and 27. So Tepper gave him a five-year deal, still paying for rule right now. But you say, hey, not good enough. This team is not expect is not performing. I'm gonna dump this guy. I want to get a new guy in place. In between getting Frank Reich and Matt Rule, Steve Wilkes. Steve Wilkes, who was given a raw deal by Arizona in his own right. He got the one and done hammer. He takes this team. Six and two down the stretch. They finished six and six. That's not good enough for David Tepper. The name's not sexy enough. It's it, it's not innovative enough. It's a retread. I want to go in another direction. I want to get this guy that's going to lead us to the future. And he goes with Frank Reich. Frank Reich, who was a washout in Indianapolis. Frank Reich, who hitched his wagon to Carson Wentz when the Eagles were begging you to take him. I think I think the logic there though was not let's go get this 
how old is Frank Reich? 60, 62-year-old coach, 63-year-old? Still relatively young man. Whatever he is. I think the logic there was this is a bleep show. We need a guy who's been around the league for a while, like Frank Reich, and we're going to pair him with a young, innovative, offensive mind like Thomas Brown. I think that was the idea, was we can get the ideas, the innovation from Thomas Brown, and we get we can get the steady hand of a guy who's been doing this for uh, for decades in Frank Reich. In theory, on paper, it should have been the best of both worlds. Yeah, but in reality, Frank goes 1-10, in 10, the 11-game stint being the shortest NFL head coaching tenure in 45 years. And now the special teams coordinator, Chris Tabor, is going to be promoted to interim coach. Here's a question I have before we go out to the uh, – but before I ask any of you to uh, call in and share your thoughts on our text line. Jim Caldwell is on this staff. Diesel, you follow this team. You do pregame work here. Why wouldn't Jim Caldwell be the interim head coach, a guy that has had success in programs that have not necessarily been – you know, stellar. He was the coach in Detroit and made them respectable. Why isn't Caldwell getting the nod here? I think it's David Tepper has has a single-minded outlook on what his coach should be, and that's the entirety of the candidates that he's willing to look at. He wants a young, innovative, offensive mind, and he doesn't believe that any of these candidates are those guys. Steve Wilkes, defensive guy. Yeah, Steve Wilkes, defensive guy. But again, I would have liked to see him get a crack at at a full season. You mentioned three year deal. If he would have signed up for it, sure. But uh, I, I, you know, I would have tried to give him just a one year proof. This is not a mirage kind of thing. In a very winnable putrid division. If you want to jump in on this at any point. 844-FAN-PHONE, 844-326-3663 is the number to get to us. We'll get to you right away. And the carpro.com text line, 71307, keyword fan. My thing is, Diesel, Tepper clearly doesn't know what he wants. No. Because you look at the clear, like, the clear differences between the two head coaches that he hired here. Frank Wright could be a nice guy. That is one of those the more NFL true you know, true methods where it's just, let's just get a retread. Let's get a guy who was a head coach. He just got let go. We'll pick him up. We'll get the quote-unquote stability. And then the guy before that was Matt Rule. Let's get the hot coaching name. You could not be any more different on the end of the spectrum when it comes to looking for a new head coach. Tried, swung, and missed on both of them. He doesn't know what he's doing and he's getting absolutely blasted in the media as he should the last two days i thought it was weak as hell for him to fire his head coach yesterday morning and then wait 24 hours to do a press conference about it you're the guy who fired him you're gonna let for 24 hours you're gonna let every single sports media outlet that covers the nfl in this country bag on you and tell that you're making dumb rash decisions for 24 hours and he's not like, hmm, maybe I should call an emergency press conference at 5 o'clock yesterday afternoon. I even asked that question of Jim Zoki, and he's the color analyst for the Panthers. I understand that Jim is not going to say anything bad about his employers. He's smart like that. Yeah. But I, I said it to his face, or I said it to his eardrums. 
I said, this is a weak-ass move, Jim, for, for your owner to fire your head coach on a Monday morning and then wait until Tuesday to have a press conference about it. Yeah, especially since if you, see, if you believe some of the reports that were coming out, Diesel, where it's Sunday after he leaves the locker room, he comes, he basically yells out and drops the F-bomb. So the frustration was already yeah. boiling up. Hey, listen, as far as I'm concerned, he might have already fired him Sunday night. Right. So, so not even just get, not even making the move on Monday. You had more than 24 hours to <laughs> sort your thought outs and, and get into a press conference on Monday, but you waited the extra day because you don't know what's going on. It's interesting, and- Carlos. I felt kind of prophetic in, in Sunday's Carolina kickoff pregame show. I said one of these two head coaches very well could be getting fired. If you're Mike Vrabel, three and seven uh, coach of the Tennessee Titans, and you lose to the one and nine Panthers, there's a good chance you get fired. If you're the one and nine Panthers and you get stomped by the three and seven Titans with Will Levis as a quarterback, a guy that yeah. has has looked better than your number one overall pick. What did Will Levis go? 33rd last year? Yeah, like if you get around. punked by that guy and that team. You could be getting fired as a head coach for the Carolina Panthers. So I feel like I called the shot. Yeah, and I, I love how uh, you know the, the reports are coming out of Frank was uh, Frank. I just merged his names, Frank Wright, into Frank. Uh, but I, I love how the reports are coming out where he's doing damage control. He's like, ah, I didn't want Bryce Young. Yeah, yeah. That, that was oh, that yeah. was a riff. I didn't want Bryce. C.J. Stroud. Now that guy, and you see what he's doing in Houston. Boy, oh boy, Well, C.J. Stroud matches the body type of quarterbacks that Frank Reich has coached his entire career. Yeah. And the type of quarterback that he was. That's the kind of quarterback that a guy like Frank Reich wants. A guy like Mike McDaniel wants Bryce Young. But a guy like Frank Reich wants C.J. Stroud. Yeah, absolutely. You you stick to what you know and what's been successful. I mean, listen, under under Reich, Carson Wentz was a damn near MVP before he got hurt a couple years ago. So he's not – he didn't forget how to coach overnight, but he was set up for set up for failures here with an owner that just seems to be meddling, and not just him. I mean, do, when do we get the report that Nicole's out on the scouting department? Do we get any uh, – the, uh, the, the, we had to go in a different direction there. I, I doubt it because the last name is Tepper. Uh, let's get into some of this press conference here because some of the things, Diesel, that, he, uh, that David <laughs> Tepper put out, we're just mind-bogglingly frustrating to listen to yeah. if you're a fan of this. And, I, and I, leave the, uh, I leave the questions in here because I find it fast, and I think people should know the tone that the, the Charlotte media has with David Tepper. So the question and answer are both intact. In yeah, and v- very, like, Charlotte has, the honeymoon period has long been over already, which is crazy because he hasn't bought this team that long ago. Uh, but David Tepper was asked if his 30-63 and 63 record, a.k.a. not good, means he needs to reflect on how he operates. You guys are 30-63 and 63 since you became owner. I think it's the second worst mark in the NFL, one of the worst marks in pro sports. You're about to hire your fourth head coach. Do you need to re-eval- reevaluate the way you do things in terms of a, maybe using a, a search firm in this hiring process, but also in how you manage day-to-day operations here. Um, look, things are constantly evolving, um, and they'll continue to evolve. And 
you know, trying to make things better is what you always try to do. Um, obviously, that record's not good enough. Um, you know, there's no hiding it. It is what it is, like everything in this sport. Everything's left on the field. Everybody knows what it is every week. Um, that record's that record. And like I said, it's not good enough. We're going to self-reflect and make it better. So he didn't even answer the question. No, not at all. And the self-reflection that you need to do is <laughs> you got to take a look at your general manager's track record. Scott Fitterer, I, I said this last year, Diesel. I feel like I'm a broken record with talking about uh, what Gamecocks need to be doing with Shane Beamer, uh, what the Panthers need to be doing uh, in their organizational structure. I thought about, I talked about Fitterer being on the hot seat last year, and this team is 10 times worse. You gave your number one overall pick a porous offensive line, your best wide receiver is a guy that plays out of the slot in his mid-30s. This team was poorly constructed. Uh, but I'm not going to lay this completely at the feet of Fitterer because it, this is an organizational failure. This goes up to the top. This is Tepper's sixth head coach in five years. Six in five. You don't know what you're doing. Reporters continue. They ask David Tepper if three midseason coaching firings make it harder to find the next guy. You fired three coaches during the season, um, you know, in, 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 since the time you took over. Do you feel like that is going to make it more difficult to get a quality head coach here uh, if you hire one, choose to hire one, someone uh, next year? No. I think that, I don't know, and again, I'm not going to get into it here, but I think that, um, you know, it's, there are different reasons why different things happened in each, each case. Um, you guys see, like I said, everything is out in the field. Everything is known over time, and I think people know it. The league knows it, and people in the league know it. So I think that um, if we were, if we, everything was perfect, it wouldn't be the case and everything was good, it wouldn't be the case. So it's not as if it's not known out there, reasons, and you know that will be something for people to decide. Just generally speaking, and not here, but, and not that this matters, because this is here. But you know, in other aspects of my life, we have people for 20, 30 years that work for me. Nobody ever leaves me. There it is. There it is. I've been saying it for days. <laughs> David Tepper is never gonna change. He's no. never going to hire somebody who knows what he's doing because David Tepper is a billionaire. It's Let me tell you something. So far. Let me tell you, yeah, exactly. Billionaires don't typically become billionaires by failing very often. They're very good at doing the things that make them money. So David Tepper's ego says, well, clearly it's not me. I do everything right. It's, yeah, not, it's not my decision-making. I've, I've become a billionaire through my decision-making. It's everyone else around me who's failing me. I'm glad you mentioned Ego because he was asked about his patience, and you got to listen to this. When Matt was hired, you, you preached patience, and it was kind of a year-over-year year evaluation. Um, Frank gets fired 11 weeks in. To what extent was that due to a maybe a philosophical shift in how you view timelines for a rebuild or turnaround? Um, look, you know, as I said, there are reasons for each individual situation. I think you guys, upon your own reflection into looking what happened through the season, can uh, you know can understand that. 
you're around town for the, those that are around town and can know the reasons. Um, again, I'm not going to get into that particularly into those particulars, but I have pa- I do have patience. I'm just not <laughs> my reputation away from this game is one for extreme patience. You know, there's no reason why that doesn't you know come here too. It does. Now that patience comes with good performance and things that you want to see progress be made on in different aspects. Um, and as you know, as I said. You know, I would like to have somebody here for 20, 30 years. I'd like to have somebody <laughs> that would say eulogy at my funeral in 30 years. Okay, maybe it's 40 years, I hope. But uh, that's what I'd like to have. What the <laughs> hell is he talking about? The only way that someone's going to speak at your funeral is that the next head coach, you try to fire them in two years, they're going to kill you. It ain't going to take 40 years. I have patience when has... everything is going well. I have Great. patience. thanks. Five head coaches in six years, you have demonstrated everything but patience. What a clown. Holy smokes, Diesel. What an absolute <laughs> train wreck this dude is. And I yet I cannot call him the worst owner of sports. I, I, I simply can't. I live in a city that has Jim Dolan. So he's so lucky that there are other inept, petulant children in professional sports that can take a little heat off of him. But in football, my guy, now that Dan Snyder is out of the building and Jim Irsay is really making a play for it, you, sir, right now have taken the cake. You're the king of the castle when it comes to ineptitude owning an NFL franchise. What a joke. You can see that this guy wants to... He wants to be out in front of everything. He wants his face shown on TV. But once he gets there, he is very uncomfortable with the heat and the pressure he's receiving in these answers, in these questions. You can yeah. tell. Yeah, look, like he, he wants, like most billionaires, they're people-centric. They want to be adored. They want to be, they want to be admired. They have the bankroll in order to buy whatever they want. I'm sure they buy friends. Hell, you give me that kind of money? Diesel, whether you hate my guts, you're going to be my Bessie. Hell, look at look at David Tepper's first wife and his second wife. They look damn near identical. He traded in <laughs> his his first wife for a younger, hotter model. I mean, someone someone called that in the car business uh, an upgrade. You know, you got to get less mileage. I digress. You're going to continue to make the same mistake. The the only thing is, Diesel, before we go to break here, I will say this. He's right about one thing. This is not going to stop someone from taking this job. There are only 32 of these. Someone is going to take it. When we get back, we will have our weekly spot with Jake J-Boy Crane. we got to talk to him about this and everything else that's going around in the world of sports. It's Diesel. It's Carl's with a K. We are offsides. You're listening to the Fan Up State. Yeah, happy Tuesday, everybody. Another beautiful day of being on this earth. If you got air in your lungs, that's a good day. Let's go out to the guest line. We are joined, and we always appreciate it. Jake J. Boy Crane, host of Crane and Company, joining us here on the guest line. It, Jake, it's Carlos, it's Diesel. I hope the Turkey Day treated you well. Looking at these college uh, football rankings, we're looking. <coughs> I don't see any surprises. 
Do you anticipate anything different once the committee makes its decision on who's going to do what? Anything might jump out of you outside of the uh, top four here? Uh, no, look, uh, obviously next week is the most important week. We, we saw some movement, obviously the implications of some of these games. I mean, uh, you know, you look at obviously Florida State taking on Louisville uh, without their quarterback. Louisville coming off a loss to Kentucky. They're going to be pissed. Uh, Oregon and Washington, that one always seems to come down to, you know, whoever has the ball last. Texas has to survive. And then obviously Alabama and Georgia, you know, where it's going to get thick is if you have two or three one-loss teams there at the end vying for that fourth spot, you know, if every team that's undefeated wins out, uh, it's going to be pretty easy for the committee. But you start talking about who deserves to be in, Alabama or Oregon or, or you know, even looking at Ohio State being able to possibly creep back in there if, if a certain scenario happens. Uh, it's, it should be a lot of fun. I'm excited to see it. i uh, still got enough leftovers from Thanksgiving, so it's a good situation. Jake, uh, just as we were going off to commercial break, a report hit my notifications on my phone that Arkansas is eyeing bringing back Bobby Petrino as OC. I mean, Texas A&M's offense uh, was more up than down this year, better than it had been in the past. Can you Can you kind of amalgamate any explanation as to why – Coaches coming back to a place they had previously coached typically doesn't work. Why is it so hard to recapture the magic uh, when they come back a second time? Well, look, man, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's kind of like going back and recapturing that magic on a first date. You know, so sometimes it's, it's just hard, not impossible, uh, but it's hard. You know, a lot of time the, the book's out on you. Um, I, I don't think there's a lack of, of wanting to do good or, or a lack of familiarity kind of you know, killing the drive of being in a new place and having to prove yourself. I just think it's tough. Now, when you look at this situation and the way that Bobby Petrino left Arkansas, it just goes to show you once again, and I say this all the time, winning is really all that matters. What, what would you expect? What else would you expect in a conference where the slogan is, it just means more? You know what, you know what Americans love and, and sports fans love? more than, than somebody falling down when they're, when they're at the top or they're doing well, they, they love a redemption story. And, and so, you know, you're, you're always kind of saying, well, if you could turn it around, what a great story that would be. It's just funny. You know, a couple of years ago, you thought this would never in a million years be able to happen. Uh, but look, it's different if you're like going to a new, right? Hugh Freeze going to Auburn after what happened in Ole Miss is a lot different than Hugh Freeze going back to Ole Miss. This is a certain situation where you're going back to the place where it all fell apart. I mean, you're going back to ground zero for Bobby Petrino. Jake, J-Boy Crane joining us here on Offsides, Carlos Ortiz and Diesel. Uh, Jake, Oregon State, Washington State, these are the final Pac-12, a.k.a. the Pac-2 schools. Uh, look, they're left holding the bag here. It looks like they're in talks to finalize a scheduling agreement with the Mountain West. Is this the precursor of a merger or is this just kind of a one-time deal mentor until Oregon State and Washington State can find a more permanent home? Because chances are they're not going to be able to build a conference back up to eight teams here. Well, look, I, I, I don't think you've been asked yet, which means I don't think you're going to get asked to the dance. I mean, the question is, is it really a merger when you only have two teams? I mean, it's almost just like, 
uh, kind of like a consumption, uh, I guess. But you, it would just make sense, right? And I know geography doesn't matter anymore with conference realignment with USC and UCLA going to the Big Ten and uh, kind of the crazy, you know, Stanford uh, and Cal going to the ACC because that makes a ton of sense. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, look, I think it's the best move for them. And, and it's already hurt our Oregon State. I think that's the main reason Jonathan Smith left there, which is his alma mater, to go to Michigan State just because of the uncertainty. It's, uh, it's just an unfortunate situation, especially coming off of all the momentum that Oregon State had. And, you know, Washington State started out the year on, on a great footing and then just kind of fell apart a little bit at the end. Jake, Blue Blood Bias tweeted earlier today that Washington State quarterback Cam Ward has already received mm. over 10 $1 million offers to transfer to other schools. Now, Mark retweeted that earlier today uh, and said that Greg Sankey personally told him earlier this year that this is illegal and that they need the NCAA to do its job. However, Jake, I find it very interesting that in the just five schools that are mentioned in this Blue Blood Bias tweet – Two of them are SEC programs. Yeah, so why but, why is it that, that Greg Sankey uh-huh. gets to outwardly say the NCAA really needs to do its job when two, at least two, of his conference's member institutions are listed directly right here in black and white, right. Texas A&M and Auburn? Why the hell can't Greg Sankey do anything about it? Well, look, this is it's like my father used to tell me, do as I say, not as I do. Uh, I, I think that's the best way to explain it because, look, I mean, it, it is contradictory. Um, but, again, it's, it's almost like we've heard certain politicians talking about the loopholes in the taxes. You know, if, if I'd be stupid not to use them. So if you can get away with it to, to get a player like Cam Ward that can really transform a season, like, you know, if you lost in the last second of the Iron Bowl or something and, and almost were able to beat Georgia, uh, man, it'd be nice to have Cam Ward uh, there at quarterback. So, look, I – Again, it's a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do situation. Now, Jake, I'm looking at the uh, quarterback class that's going to be declaring for the draft or most likely going to be declaring. It seems like a deep class. A lot of guys coming out. I'll throw a couple names out here. Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, J.J. McCarthy. Uh, Obviously, it looks like Caleb Williams, maybe the bloom off the rose has, has fell off a little bit here. Michael Penix Jr. That's five guys I just named right off the bat right there translated into the pro game, not every single one of these guys are going to be first-round quarterbacks, even though there are plenty of teams looking for a guy. Of these quarterbacks that are going to come out and get into the draft here, who do you got, Who do you see as the guy most likely to be in that day two range, fall out of the first round? Um, look, I think if J.J. McCarthy declares he'll fall out of the first round, I, I think he should come back. I know they honored him in senior day and stuff like that, but but I think there's a chance he may still come back. Uh, I think he'd fall. Uh, you know, look, Caleb Williams is the easy answer, right? Caleb Williams and Drake May, I, I think, are two. I, I think Drake May uh, is is a more athletic version of Justin Herbert, at least as a prospect. We all know what Caleb is and, and how talented he is, and and you know all the elements of his game. Even though I'm not the biggest you know fan of his antics, but you know you can't deny the guy can ball. But I tell you, a guy that I think is going to end up maybe going in that second round or going a little bit later, and he's going to end up being a really good pro with Spencer Rattler. I think Spencer Rattler has a chance to really, really be a good NFL quarterback. I mean, he had no offensive line this year. The run game was really spotty. 
Juice Wells was hurt. I mean, you guys know better than anybody. Uh, but I think Spencer has a chance to really do some things in the NFL. I just think his game translates a lot. But as, as a, a class, I mean, you know, this is the deepest quarterback class I can remember. You listen, Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix. Uh, and there's always some guys that, that we're really not talking about. I don't think Riley Leonard's going to go, but there's even more coming out of this class that I think could have a chance to do something. It's, it's going to be fun to watch for sure. It's just really quickly related note there. Do you think, because there's some reports coming out of Michigan that they seem optimistic that Jim Harbaugh will stick around to try to get an extension done. Do you think that extension hangs on whether J.J. Uh, declares it for the draft or not? Uh, you know, since I don't know Jim personally, I, we're all it's all conjecture and speculation. I, I would think it may have a little bit to do with it, right? I don't think it's a you know a non-starter or, or or vice versa on either end of the spectrum of him staying and going. But I don't think it would hurt if he knew that his quarterback was coming back, especially in a year where you're going to have to go to Ohio State the next year. That's kind of a nice feather in the cap to have. But yeah, it would move the needle a little bit. Um, but, but I don't think it would be the, the final, you know, nail in the coffin either way. Jake, um, an undisputed truth that I think we all believe about college football is that familiarity and proximity breeds rivalry. To that point, yeah. if I could make a change to bowl season to make bowl games meaningful again, I would remove the automatic conference tie-ins, give the bowls the flexibility to invite whatever schools they think will generate the most interest. You know, let the Belk Bowl schedule NC State, App State, if that's who they think would would sell tickets. Mm-hmm. Or the Music City Bowl schedule Tennessee, Memphis, since those teams yeah. rarely play each other. In your mind, would that make bowl season relevant again, at least in those insular communities, in those states where they could put those rivalries, uh, those matchups together? Or in your mind, is it more important – to protect the uninspired Power Five team from the highly motivated and far less funded group of five so that these Power Five teams aren't getting embarrassed in bowl season? No, look, I, I think it's a great idea. I, I would much rather love to go that route. Not, not just because you can get you know, proximity and, and there'll be more excitement, but you'll also get new teams in new places. Uh, as well. No, I, I, I would love that. I, I think that'd be a, a much more flexible system and make bowl, uh, bowl season a, a lot more fun. Um, but no, I'm, I'm with you 100%. I would totally vote on going to that model because look, the, the, it's just so old, right? These Power 5 conference times, it's, it's so played out. Like I'm so sick of watching Auburn and Northwestern. Like I'm sick of it, right? Like it's just at some point, you know, it's nice to mix it up. It's almost like the NCAA tournament, right? Like, you, holy, oh, we're playing a team we never played in the first round. Like, they're not like, all right, well, you know, we have this tie into this place. No, it's, that's what makes it more fun. You get different matchups, and then you get somewhere proximity is a factor, which just amplifies it even more. Last one from you here, Jake. The question everybody wants to know Can Iowa cover the spread against Michigan? 23 points. Tell me they got a chance. Well, I, I mean, I think the question is, is Michigan going to score 24? Uh, that, that'll give you your answer right there. I, I just, man, it's so impressive to watch Iowa go 10-2 and two and be that just average isn't even the word. It's just like just skating by. You want to talk about just skating by offensively, just not trying to blow it. I don't, maybe they can squeak out a field goal, but, but I'll be honest. You know, I, I think eventually that dam will break on defense with the way Michigan plays, even with Zenter out, the, the guard. 
I, I think I was, you know, obviously they got beat by Penn State 31 to nothing. And I know the transitive property isn't a great way to go through life. But if there's any guarantee, if there's anything that is a guarantee in college football, it's Iowa's offense is not going to overperform. So, no, I love Michigan. I would ladder bet it, to be honest with you. Well, Jake, the only guarantee in college football is the tens of tickets that uh, Penn State, Arizona would sell <laughs> in a bowl game or that, that great oh, must-see matchup of Washington State versus Miami. Let's go with that, please. Oh, yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, there's, it's like he says on Arrested Development, there's dozens of us, dozens. <laughs> All right, Jake, we'll let you go on that one. Appreciate it, as always, the time that you take to spend with us. Uh, he is the host of Crane & Company, Jake J-Boy Crane. Jake, you enjoy the rest of your week, man. Hey, same here. Y'all enjoy it. All right, let's pay some bills when we get back on the other side. Patrick Mahomes, you got a little explaining to do, me friend. 844-FAN-PHONE, 844-326-3663 is the number to get to us. Of course, the carpro.com text line. 71307, keyword fan, followed by your message. It's Diesel. It's J-Boy. It's Carlos with a K. We are offsides on the Fan Up State. Don't you go. Let me tell you, I don't conveniently forget the rules. I flat out do not acknowledge them. Sore winner, sore loser. Both things can be true. Both things can be true. Speaking of sore losers, James Madison losing to App State, and then dropping their lawsuit. Hmm. The lawsuit that they tried to file to get into a bowl game. Convenient, hmm. you say. You don't say. <laughs> I think I predicted that they would drop that lawsuit. It's, about, well, it's not their lawsuit. It was a Virginia, attorney, Virginia general, attorney General who is a James Madison alum. Not a conflict of interest there. No, clearly, no. Not, clearly not vying for votes in Harrisonburg. No! Uh, dropped, his, uh, dropped his suit like a bad habit. Um as soon as they lost a the game. Oh, you guys drop bad habits? Pfft, I encourage them. 844-FAN-PHONE, 844-326-3663 is the line to get to us. Of course, the carpro.com text line, 71307, keyword fan, followed by your message. I will read them. I am remiss, and I owe you all apologies. I have a bunch of texts that I want to get to, and I will, but I do want to touch on something that I saw uh, just earlier this afternoon as I was prepping for the show here. Uh, Diesel. If you could have your pick of one athlete, and, and we're not going to hedge bets here. Yeah. One athlete. Who would you want to have dinner with and why? Ooh. Uh, well, now that I'm a married man, I can't say uh, athletes like, uh, you know, the ones that I had a crush on when I was growing up, like Peekaboo Street, who was the uh, downhill skiing uh, um, aficionado at the time. Now, I, I think honestly, I would love to have uh, a dinner with Tampa Tom Brady, not not Tampa Brady, not New England Patriots Tom Brady, but Tampa Tom Brady. I think that would be an absolute blast. And I have no affi- affiliation or fandom whatsoever with any of Tom Brady's teams. Yeah, I mean, I, especially since most people tend to hate Tom Brady. Uh, but let me let me this, paint this picture out for everybody here. Do we know who the Fonz is? Happy Ay. days, leather jacket, a two thumbs uh, pointed, kind of what? Like I don't know, away from each other, and I, it's very hard to describe what the Fonz really does. It's before my time, but I know who he is. I'm very surprised that Patrick Mahomes 
knows who DeFonz is. Uh, it looks like, uh, I think, two, three years ago, uh, 2020, so three years ago, uh, Henry Winkler, who plays uh, DeFonz in Happy Days, uh, was greeted by Patrick Mahomes with a signed jersey, and they had a cute little exchange uh, where Mahomes is just basically saying, what up, big fan, I hope you're getting taken care of, yada, yada, yada. And um, Mahomes, like seemingly innocuous, he says to Winkler, hey, you know, I'm going to take you up on that dinner. And you can see this, you know, sweet little old man's eyes light up. Like he's just like given the key to freedom. And after being in jail for 40 years, he's like, oh, you got to come. This is going to be the best chicken. That video, you can find it circulating uh, uh, wherever you find your uh, videos on, whether that's YouTube, TikTok. By the way, throw us a YouTube follow. Could use some more subscribers here. Fan Upstate, wake up. Let's get on the horn. But I digress there for a second. Henry Winkler's caught up to t by TMZ. He's signing autographs. And someone asks him, hey, Fonzie, whatever happened with that dinner at Patrick Mahomes? Have you had the dinner with Thank Patrick Mahomes yet? I think he fibbed to me. You do? I do. You haven't heard from him? What's your message to Patrick Mahomes? He will have a great chicken. <laughs> so these are my... <laughs> I, I, what's going on? This, this guy, this Henry Winkler's got... 20 people yelling at him, throwing uh, autograph yeah, materials in his face. What is he even doing? And she asks, like, nine questions. How does she get nine questions? And he's nice enough that he's answering every single one of them as candidly as possible. You can see toward the end, security is just like, all right, let's get the hell out of here. Uh, I, first of all, I didn't even know Henry Winkler was still, you know, on tour doing anything. Like, I haven't seen him in a movie since that one with Kevin James. He was, in, uh, um, he was on the show Barry, a great show called Barry. Oh, you know what? I heard of the show. I've never seen it, but I, I do know it got yeah. good reviews. It's but, a good movie. It's a good no, show. Listen, listen good for, good for uh, Winkler because he, he seemed to find a uh, second win when it came to his career. He could have easily went down as as the Fonz and that been, been it. But, I think uh, the last thing I remember of him was Henry Winkler covered with bees. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> little Nicky. <laughs> little Nicky. <laughs> And wasn't he? He was also the coach in the Water Boy, right? That's like, true. He was. Yeah. So a lot, a lot of Happy Madison productions there. But good for him, man. I, I'm glad to see that he's still working. But this might be the first misstep for Patrick Mahomes here. I mean, you can't curve Henry Winkler, who just America just seems to adore. Like again, sweet old grandpa. Like that could be your grandfather that Mahomes is, uh, you know, letting down here. But apparently, Henry Winkler makes a a, a bomb ass stuffed chicken. Like, if you're listening, Fonz, I would happily go to uh, to, uh, to have that dinner with you. Mahomes, what a what a mistake, man. You got to make this right, dude. Mahomes is a darling, you know, in, in the media. He seems to do no wrong, whether it's on or off the football field. I think this is the first blemish on his record, Diesel. Yeah, you can't uh, – you, you can't – you can't shirk that one right there. You got to go hang – because tell me that would not be one of those – you know, epic all-time hangs. Like, what would it be like to put certain people who have no background, no reason to be in a room together, just the kind of conversations that people who operate on a higher level than most of us, you know, yeah. like the day we, – we, you and I, we're day-to-day -day people. And I think we even still have, you know, a pretty awesome gig. Most people don't have that. They, they work uh, retail jobs. They work Joe jobs. I think we have a pretty cool job. Well, what – 
Patrick Mahomes and Henry Winkler have done with their lives and careers is just way cooler than that. So just imagine getting these people together who otherwise would never have a reason to and just the crazy conversations that they would have. Yeah, and I'll tell you right now, uh, if I had my one choice for to have dinner with an athlete, this was a no-brainer. I think I thought of it in less than three nanoseconds. Paige Sporanic. If oh, you know gosh. who Paige Sporanic is, yeah. you know why I want to have dinner. I think how how would your wife the, feel about that? that, that uh, she's not in the room. She might have. <laughs> she might be the only person on this earth that would make me care about golf. So that'd be my pick. I'd be interested to see. What are your picks here at the Fan Up State? Uh, 844-FAN-PHONE, 844-326-3663. Uh, of course, the carpro.com text line, 71307, keyword fan. Who would you want to have dinner with if you had one person? Don't give me 12 answers. I won't read them. One person that you want to have dinner with, uh, whether a current or former athlete. I think Paige Sporanic is. You know what I, I love? Slam dunk. I, I like and I respect about her. Uh, she is she is an absolute smoke show, yes. But she, I remember reading an article about, you know, just how good of a golfer she actually was. And she was, like, good enough to play on some low-level tours, but not good enough to compete on the national tour level and the international yeah. tour level. Like, yeah, she, is, like- she is a great golfer. She would smoke 99% of anybody in our audience who plays yes. golf. She's just that good. And she also happens to be supermodel hot. And she has learned. She has learned, well, I could go off and just have a Joe job and, and do nothing with my life and have kids and whatever. I could marry a pro golfer or or I could be more famous and have a bigger social media following than any of them by just showing off the fact that I'm hot and I love to play golf. Yeah, and listen, it's working for her because she actually is bringing uh, more eyeballs to golf in you know, more ways than one. Uh, <laughs> but listen, I lived through the career of Tiger Woods. And I would have called the police if I saw you in my backyard playing golf. You know, the, the masters could have been in my yard, and I would have called the police for trespassing. Get these people out of here. But I'm paying attention whenever she's talking about it. Let's get somebody's text here. Uh, we uh, definitely build it up, and we will continue to do so for the duration of the show, get you uh, your voice heard. Because, again, this is not our show. This is your show. Uh, these are earlier you, uh, you were worried if you were going to get the uh, dump put on you uh, for saying uh, – you know, not uh, in regards to uh, what was it? we were talking about get, uh, Shane Bermer and uh, Shane Bermer, Shane Beamer and Gamecocks uh, football here. Uh, Texer writes in, haha, Diesel, I think you're good. I called in the other day and said even a blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while regarding upsets. So uh, hopefully, if we weren't off the air, it's then, not the not word, the Texter, it's the context, the context. that matters. Uh, Texter writes in, it's as simple as NIL. Clemson is way up there for ACC teams. South Carolina is probably near the bottom third for SEC teams. They don't go by players. Uh, well, you know, you can if you start showing progression. I, I opened the show with this, and we'll take a quick break because I do want to pay some bills here. Uh, we'll get to the top five at five on the other side. We'll also can continue to get to your text here. But all I want from South Carolina, I just want to see upward mobility. Got to get to a bowl game, but show me you can consistently get to that eight-win mark, nine-win mark, bring in the recruiting class, top 20 coming in next year, get to top 15, get to top 10. Show me you're making moves because competing for a national championship, that's just simply unrealistic right now. Let's take a quick break. When we get back, a staple every day at 5 o'clock, I will not deter that staple. 
the five at five, five best stories that you need to care about, brought to you by yours truly in Diesel here on the Fan Up State. We are offsides. We'll be right back. <laughs> 